Howdy, 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 everybody, and welcome to Thespian Talk. I am your host, Gomer the Ranting Thespian, and with me this week is the cat. Hello, everyone. And also with us this week, we I want to introduce you to a new co-host. Uh, as, you, as you heard last week, Aaron is going to be sporadic on the show, so it's like, you know what, it's time to time to extend expand the uh, co-host stable or roster or whatever word you want to put with it, whichever one sounds the best, honestly. And we have a friend of the show who is who's just happy to be here. We have Michelle. How you doing, Michelle? Hello, I'm doing well. And no, the accent isn't fake. I really am in England. Yes. <laughs> in and from all my life. Yay! Uh, I mean, it's it's been a while since we've actually had somebody from across the pond on here. I think the last time probably was either uh, Diamanda Hagen or the Omega. Mm. So yeah. So. I, don't, I think the earliest I've heard were some of the ones with Omega, and, and I did enjoy those ones. But I don't think I ever heard any of the ones with Diamanda. Did they get lost in the ether? Uh, no, she she wasn't a regular co-host. She was like a guest a few times, and uh-huh. and I remember back in back when the show was actually on Blip, when Blip was actually a thing before they betrayed everybody. Um, <laughs> and at least that's how I'd refer to it. I would always mm. see a good spike in views whenever Hagen was on. Nice. And plus, plus she's a treat anyway, so she she is just a delight. You know, Hagen, you're listening. Come out, come back on the show sometime. <laughs> uh, you're listening like the show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no. So, uh, so before we get too far into anything, I uh, uh, want to do a little bit of house cleaning before you know before too far. Um, first of all, I do have my streaming schedule set up. It's going to be Monday, Wednesday, Friday from about 1:30 to 7 p.m. Central Time. You know, and and it's pretty much going to be exclusively Switch games until I can get some other equipment put it, you know, get some other equipment in. Uh, the reason why I Switch is so the computer is focused mostly on streaming and not having to run a game and stream. So, mm-hmm. so kind of it's kind of split that up a little bit. Um, also, every Monday after at seven p.m. right after I finish the main stream, episodes of Thespian Talk will premiere on the stream itself. And it'll likely be the YouTube version. It'll be going up at the same time as all these other versions go live and all of that. So, but if you're hanging around on the stream, you can sit there and listen to it. Which, hey, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> nope. <clears throat> uh, and then, and then, of course, if if you're like some of us and and you also go on, you can go on from there and go watch Nash say fuck on the internet. Oh, <laughs> uh, so which I never get to watch live because time difference. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that that turned that's turned into like a a weekly date thing with Becky and me. We'll sit there and watch what the Aww. fuck is wrong with you live. Oh, uh. it's, it's nice to have a thing. Oh yeah, definitely. Oh we oh we have several things, and and, <laughs> and I, I mean, bear in mind our first date was chirpy. So. Oh the uh, oh yes that weird cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, Understatement. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, uh, before we get to know Michelle a little bit more, uh, Kat, how's your how's your week been? It's been a week. It's been a week. There's a lot of stuff going on in my personal life that we don't need to bore the listeners on on air. But it's uh, I'm really tired, guys. It's the it's one of those weekends where like I've had such a week where I'm like, do I have to get out of bed this weekend? Because I'd rather just not move at all ever. Yeah, one of those weeks. Do, if yeah. if you accept hugs, we can have people send you hugs. Ugh, people. Okay, then 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 we'll, then we'll send you um, 
donuts. Slight shoulder pats. Send me tickets to see Captain Marvel again, because that's the only time I've left the house, and that was fun. Oh I'm, yes, I'm going on Friday. Ah, um, my friend Adam and I. So good. I've heard. <laughs> Please contain your squeak. Yeah. <laughs> I've been hearing, I've been hearing good things, but of course, this is the internet, and the circles we run into. Naturally, mm. we're going to hear the whiny man babies, but we'll get to that in a minute. Um, so before the, before before we start making fun of the man babies, uh, Michelle, how about you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, well, yes, hello, um, actually British. Um, those of you curious, yes, I am Phoenix, who uh, is on Aaron's dreams, specifically the um, monster prom he's been doing recently, and prior to that, you know the the. I am the Phoenix he usually tends to fuck off to. In fact, um, kind of funny story, Erin um, and I are friends off screen. And the last Drinking Through the Movies trailer he produced, the one that says, please come and join our, fr- our friendly interactions with our audience. Fuck off, Phoenix. I wrote that gag. Because <laughs> 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 I thought, that's a good gag. And then like I went through some of the um, yeah, previous streams and we, we chucked in a few of the gags where he falls off the sofa and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, um, he habitually calls me Phoenix in in the thing because that's my name on the chat, mm-hmm. and I don't have a problem with that. But for these purposes, Michelle. There you um, go. So yeah, uh, British, uh, and I do have a YouTube channel, um, which I'm sure will be in the doobly doo at some point. Um, mm-hmm. But it is um, Phoenix Eleven P H E O N I X one one, in which I. Last year, I set myself a challenge to do a 365-day daily vlog, which I did complete. And since then, I haven't vlogged. <laughs> I haven't vlogged since then, but I, I completed the challenge, and I'm quite proud of myself for that. Yay! Um, thank you. Outside of that, I've been doing some unboxings, mostly Harry Potter-related and another sort of three box from the same company. Uh, there's, a, there's another one I do called um, Threads, which is basically a book and a T-shirt for ten pounds. So that's always good value. Uh, ten pounds is about twelve, thirteen dollars. Hmm. Yeah. So, and then between that, my friend and I, as I said, we're going to go see Captain Marvel, and we have, um, basically, it's, it's this radical idea I came up with, where basically we go and see the movie, and then we sit in the car and we call ourselves talking about it, and that show, <laughs> that show is called Original Concept. <laughs> <laughs> Uh. Um, and between then and I recently um, as of Monday I'll be starting a new job which should get me a nice new routine I will hopefully be going back to my original idea project which is the Empire Magazine uh, in 2008 they did a massive survey between their readers um, industry insiders, critics and the like and produced the top 500 movies which as of that date, the most recent movie on it was Iron Man. I think the oldest movie on it was like, I don't think Gold Rush was on there, but like, I think Bismarck was on there. Like, you, you proper old school 20s movies. Any genre, any of the movies, there's like um, Kurosawa's on there as well, some European movies. Uh, some, I think maybe 30 or 40% I've already seen or have heard of, and the rest of them will be completely brand new to me. Hmm. So that is my review project, is to go through the Empire Top 500. The rule with sequels is like with back, the first one I did was the Back to the Future trilogy. One and two were on the list, but three wasn't. Because I did the first two, I did the second one. 
stuff like Star Wars, um, Clone Wars isn't on the list, but I thought if I'm doing the other five, I might as well do that anyway. Whereas with Harry Potter, only Chamber of Secrets is on there, so I'm not going to worry about doing the other seven movies. So that would be more of a judgment call where it comes to sequels that aren't on the list. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, yeah, at the very least, 500 movies at, you know, that I'll try and get through and review in between doing the um, the live reviews of new movies hmm. and then unboxings. Nice. But that's, that's just a matter of getting into my routine of sitting down, watching the film, and then talking about it afterwards. There you go. Which hopefully which hopefully the new job will help with because it's the first the last couple of years I've been doing agency work and even though it's mostly been daytime sometimes it's been like um sometimes I start at 10 in the morning sometimes I start earlier in the morning and then you're just tired because you're not sure what your body's doing but yeah so routine and then we'll see where take it from there yes uh yeah you mentioned the movie list and we our, our group actually looked at a list on uh anime news network of mm. the use it based on user uh feedback the i think it's like the top 50 or top 100 i think well, i think we started with the top 50 worst animes <laughs> of all time according to mm-hmm. anime news network users and yeah. some of some of them was like yeah okay sure um but then on there on the list also is things like the kirby anime you know kirby right back at mm-hmm. you it's like what's that doing on there that's kirby he's shaped like a friend <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's the thing with the magazine list, and I don't know if they've done or are planning to do another survey at some point. If they do, I'll definitely have a look at it because I'll be interested to see what's new, what's moved, what's changed, what's you know what's fallen off the list. But for my purposes, it is a set fixed list of movies. Whereas going with something like Rotten Tomatoes or IMDb, that tends to move around. But I want a fixed list. Yeah. So. Uh, and speaking of Rotten Tomatoes, oh god, <laughs> oh god. So, yeah. So Captain I'll Marvel is. Hmm? Go ahead. I'm sorry. So I said, I'll set it up, and you. <laughs> yes. Oh. <laughs> uh, so, so yes. Yeah, so Captain Marvel has been released. Uh, the movie is out in theaters. Cat, I, I think, as as she mentioned, went to go see it, and from what I understand, is very good. Yes? Yes. Yes. But uh, but as I alluded to earlier, there are a whole bunch of people that just don't like it for whatever reasons because they think it, it's attacking masculinity and it's too political and these whiny man babies. You guys, okay, okay, to all you man babies out there that might be listening to this, let, let, me, let, me just, let me just say this for you guys right now, okay? Please, stop your whining, quit your bitching, because I can only do so much with that amount of lube. <laughs> Uh, just, just come on, guys, and and plus, I I actually said this on Twitter last night, and I I actually it, it's kind of like fishing when you say something like this. It's like, oh, are we gonna are we gonna get something? Some people, like some of my friends, some of my acquaintances, they'll say something like that, and boom, they'll get like a whole shit ton of these fucking maga maga alpha male motherfuckers who, who who are like but this is da, 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 da. and then and then when he turns around and bites back they said like but i was just trying to do things it's like dude you came into the thread with all of the grace of a herd of tauros okay <laughs> <laughs> just yeah no you don't get you don't get to cry foul <clears throat> just no but there was just but but i actually got one guy and all he put was like it was, it was like a picture of some and, androgynous person Holding a sign that says something, I think it was like feminism is believing that equality is can be a reality or something like that. And I'm like, 
okay in and of itself. That's a little okay, weird. Mm. But I checked the guy, and he's like full on MAGA hat and everything. I was like, oh, okay, I know what kind of guy you are. Mm. <laughs> I showed, I actually showed it to a few to uh, to a few people. One of them actually reported the dude for it. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not feeling harassed. Uh, I appreciate the thought, but <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, and. And speaking of like MAGA hats and, and Trump and all that, I actually I actually put together a small Twitter bot. It's it's a screen. Its display name is simply No Fuck You. It's only <laughs> yeah. <laughs> its only job is to pretty much quote tweet anything Trump tweets, and I mean anything Trump tweets, and respond with saying No Fuck You. <laughs> and you know what? It was in the last week. That thing has been put in Twitter jail at least three times. <laughs> because Trump doesn't just put out his own stuff. He's just like any other Twitter user. He will just outright retweet things from people, which makes it very interesting. It looks like it's telling other people, no, fuck you. Although in certain cases, if they're being retweeted from Trump, they probably yeah. deserve that too. <laughs> which yeah. I'm going to bet one of those guys got a little butt hair. Like, yo, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Uh. Well, I have Twitter bots. Um, a couple of just pure fluffy innocent ones. Uh, Flufflebot and Big Macintosh, um, which basically Flufflebot just goes into any thread she's been called into. Goes <clears throat> and um, Big Mac just goes, "Yep." <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But there's another one. I think it's uh, it's a Will Wheaton bot, and it's um, I think it's Willie um, Books or something. I'll, I'll, I'll find the proper thing and put it in the thing. But ba- I call it Willbot because basically it takes the actual Will Wheaton's tweet and mm-hmm. chops them up and then spits them back out in the most bizarre combinations. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really, really wonderful. And um, it's like, I, I occasionally retweet it. Oh, never change, Billboard, never change. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, and speaking of good responses to, to uh, things, I actually have a thing. It's not going into the news articles because just because of the way this uh, particular post is formatted, but I wanted to share it, and I wanted us to read through some of these. Uh, it's found on cheeseburger.com. Cheese with a Z, by the way, for those who don't already yeah. know. Um, on their on their fail blog, uh, and the, uh, the headline reads, Anti-vaxxer asks stupid question, so the comment section goes full stupid. Because of course they do. Now, and yep. on... And, and in case in, in case any are wondering, obviously the people who are going full stupid in the comments, they're they're poking fun, like you should with an anti-vaxer, you know, because anti-vax, you know, you know, anti-vaxers, you're you're, you're fucking up the herd immunity, and yeah. you deserve nothing but ridicule and probably a smack across the face, uh, at the very least, you know, there there are I, other things. I have, hmm? I have thoughts. No, I have thoughts, but we can save that rank for later. Okay. All right. So. So here is the original post as posted in this in this uh, article. Outdoor children bedroom name is name has been covered to protect the stupid. Uh, <laughs> the weather is getting nicer. My son Jericho, not vaccinated, never wants to make it in by curfew. I am planning on moving to his bedroom on moving his bedroom outside, like you do. I'm not looking for this post to turn into a date, Rebecca. Who's Rebecca? <laughs> Just looking for recommendations for outdoor furniture for a two-year-old boy's room. Two-year-old boy? 
Really? His favorite color is yellow. Uh, okay, before we, before even getting into there, okay, number one. First of all, you didn't even vaccinate your fucking two-year-old, and you're wanting to just put him out in nature because he doesn't want to come in at curfew? He's two! He Pick doesn't understand curfew! <laughs> That's why you need to be out there and say, hey, get your little ass inside. You are bigger than your two-year-old. Just pick him up! <laughs> Pick him up, carry him in. Oh my god! <laughs> the fact uh, that this child is two years old is is so telling. Because you know you've got like those hippie parents or free spirited parents who are like, yeah, I just want my kids run around to be out in nature. But generally, that kid is not two years old. Yeah. Like to me, this really implies that this. This person lets their two-year-old child run around unsupervised? Yeah. Outside? What? Why? Just, no. I mean, I've, I've ran outside unsupervised in my childhood, but you know how old I was? I was eight! <laughs> I was like, you were two. That's no. how old you were, not two. Exactly. And even then, we lived in a trailer park on a military base. <laughs> where the houses are close enough that anybody could look outside and see what the kids are doing. We had supervision from the entire neighborhood. I was going to say, all, all of the running around side was only when I lived on military base. Yeah. We, um, where I grew up, um, we had a end terrace and we had the biggest garden. It was like an end, we had the, like, it's like, I think double, triple wide. It was like the width of the house plus an extra half, mm -hmm. I think. And so that was basically a big enough for a small child to run around and not be worried about not being outside because our almost like a field for a little one. Mm -hmm. And then the, the school I went to was like round the corner, like down the road, round the corner, over the road. So that was thing. So we had like the block. There was a small park there. There was um, the neighbors over the road, and there was like some greenery and some trees that we used to play in. Like we had the we had the spaceship tree and stuff like that. So. The area I grew up in was obviously not military, but it was it was green. There were trees to climb and run around in. And then once we were a bit older, we were allowed to go to the, the um, it's called Felons Valley, but it's uh, lo locally known as the Lakes. And I don't think I was really allowed over there on my own until I was like 10 or 11. Mm -hmm. um, but that's because that's over the road, up a hill. And then you got, obviously, there is actual bodies of water. Yeah. So... But yeah, no, like, as a as a child, like, the garden was big enough for me to run around in, but not... I don't know if we ever did the sleeping up. I know that we did, like, the, um... We had, like, a, three trees in, like, a triangle. We, we put um, blankets up around that so just to play camping during the day, but I don't think we ever slept outside, partly because it was probably too cold. But, yeah, we just never... I don't think it ever occurred to us. If we did, I don't remember doing it. I think we tried when I was a kid once in our backyard... But mm. it was just too uncomfortable for everybody yeah. involved. I think uh, parents let us like camp outside sometimes because we yeah. had tents. We were big into camping. Mm -hmm. I think that if we'd asked, they might have let us. But I don't think it ever occurred to us to ask. Because I went, I was at guides and I went camping with the guides for three seasons, like three turns, like um, each year. Um, I think we did like an uh, like an overnight as well, sort of in prep for the big camp camping week. But never in the garden. Hmm. Not that I could ever remember doing. Yeah. But yeah, like 
if they have a big garden to let the two-year-old run around in, fair enough. Let the, the two-year-old run around in the big garden. And yeah, like, they are small. Pick them up. Yeah. I've seen, you know, a sibling that is, say, 10 years old could probably pick them up as well if they're strong enough. It depends on the... Two, yeah. Yeah. Depends on the 10-year-old, because one of my cousins is 10, and she is just as tiny as she was when she was five. Aww. But, you know, generally speaking, you see older siblings who are strong enough being able to pick up a toddler. Or, yeah. you know, take them firmly by the hand. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so some of these responses, though, uh, just... <laughs> like, this first one just goes all in. My daughter, Epsom Salt, not vaccinated... <laughs> Wants to make her home among the wild squirrels in our backyard, and I'm looking for recommendations of feeders large enough to accommodate a one-year-old girl. Her favorite color is rabies red. Please don't turn this post into a debate, Rebecca. <laughs> in the comment below, I'm guessing that Rebecca is her child's social worker? <laughs> oh, And then somebody actually named Rebecca says, she never wants a debate with me. With, with like a sad, <laughs> with like a sad picture, do the sad picture and everything. And the stupid dog in the background. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then the lady with a picture of her dog just hanging out outside. You know, my dog loves her outdoor bedroom, but she has really low standards. Probably because she's vaccinated. Boom. <laughs> yes. Oh. Uh, oh, and. Little, little. Fr oh God, there was one. Let me see. Okay, so there, there's one little further down. Number, uh, if you look at number six, wow. By that age, my children cytoplasm a metamulch, metamulcha, metamulcha. Thank you. Who are not vaccinated? Of course, were already running their own Etsy shop selling biodegradable utensils they whittled out of dried alpaca dung. Wow. <laughs> Uh, but hey, I guess everyone meets milestones at their own pace. Who am I to mom shame your little outdoor person? Next <laughs> one. Uh, and the one right under. <laughs> My child, Anamanopia, never fed chicken nuggets, never wants to get in his car seat when we go somewhere, so I've decided to just let him pull a buggy like a horse while the rest of the family rides. Don't judge me, Rebecca. If anyone knows where I can get a child-sized buggy harness, his favorite color is green. <laughs> wow. <sighs> he's two for fuck's sake. Why is he not building his own furniture instead of letting it with dandelion dye? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and the and the love and the name of the ninety-seven month old. Jocelyn Minyana. Ah! I don't, uh, Schlegelhofen, I don't no. know. <laughs> no idea. Uh, but it just, it goes on. There's quite a few. Uh, if you guys want to look at it, I'll try and make sure the link is in the doobly-doo. Uh, uh, when it comes to Anchor, they seem to have been having problems lately with extended uh, 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 um, descriptions and, and show notes and all of that for me lately. So I'll try and have it there. If not, I'll try and have it like at least on the uh, YouTube version and the version that goes on the website, so fingers crossed. Oh, <laughs> uh, so with with that, we're gonna go ahead and take a small break, you know, so we can get ads and and all that stuff for everything, you know. Maybe try and get some money out of this. That would be that would be nice. 
Uh, so uh, we'll be right back. Hey folks, we'll get back to the show in a moment, but first I want to tell you about Patreon. Uh, Patreon is what I use to get around all of the YouTube adpocalypse bullshit, and while I don't have a lot right now, every little bit does help. And if you like what you hear or what you see on any of my videos or podcasts, head on over there for as little as a dollar a month. You can get all of these things early before anybody else does, and you can get them completely ad-free. Yeah, I know YouTube right now is technically ad-free, but... At some point, I'm probably going to get big enough to where ads will start coming in. And those can be annoying, so you want to avoid that, right? If you go ahead and go now over to patreon.com slash gomer21xx, leave a dollar, five dollars, doesn't matter how much, you can get all of these, again, you can get them early, and you get them without ads. Even when I reach the point on YouTube to where ads can be put on these videos. So, it's a win-win. And you can even avoid the ads that go up on the Anchor versions that go out to all of the other websites that are out there. No ads! It's great! Uh, so that's patreon.com slash gomer21xx. And we are back, and we're going to hit the news, and it's going to start a little pissed, <coughs> more pissed off than the, than the rest of the show has been. But it's, it's something that's a little more near and dear to my heart and, and Kat's heart as well. Uh... So this one is out of Washington, and and I do want to note, as of this recording, I have not seen an update to this, so if something has changed by the time this comes out, we don't know it. So, anyway, uh, the Pentagon is planning to tap $1 billion in leftover funds from military pay and pension accounts to help Donald Trump pay for his long-sought border wall, a top Senate Democrat said Thursday. One billion leftover funds from military pay and pension accounts. You know, instead of using that to give the soldiers better pay, we're going to put it at this wall that's not going to fucking work. Senator Dick Durbin, a Democrat from Illinois, uh, told the Associated Press, it's coming out of military pay and pensions. One billion. That's the plan. Durbin said the funds are available because Army recruitment is down and a voluntary early military retirement retirement program is being underutilized. The development comes as Pentagon officials are seeking to minimize the amount of wall money that would come from military construction projects that are so cherished by lawmakers. Durbin said, imagine the Democrats making that proposal, that for whatever our project is, we're going to cut military pay and pensions. Durbin, the top Democrat on the appropriations panel for the Pentagon, was among a bipartisan group of lawmakers who met with the acting defense secretary Patrick Shanahan on Thursday morning. The Pentagon is planning to transfer money from various accounts into a fund dedicated to drug interdiction, with the money then slated to be redirected for border barriers and other purposes. So, more more on this stupid war on drugs that obviously has not been working since it was introduced mm -hmm. and more for this stupid fucking border wall which we know is not going to wor work why don't you ask China <laughs> more attention has been paid to Trump's declaration of, of a national emergency to tap up the 3.6 billion from military construction projects to pay for the wall the democratic controlled house voted last month to reject Trump's move and the GOP held senate is likely to follow suit next week despite a white house lobbying push Senate Republicans met again Wednesday to sort through their opinion options rather, in hopes of making next week's voting more politically palatable. You know how to make it more politically palatable? Fuck the wall. Give the troops better pay. Maybe if you're going to move, if, if assume that this all has to stay within the military complex of the United States, okay? You know, instead of taking that $1 billion that, as, as the article later, as, as stated and we'll reiterate later on, 
It is not being used for new soldiers or soldiers wanting to retire early. Maybe invest that in the soldiers that are still serving. Up their pay. And I know they, they, they're, they're supposed to get like a, a yearly increase to keep up with the cost of living. But it, the cost of living keeps going higher and higher and higher. Faster, from what I understand, faster than these, these uh, raises can be, can be ra- risen. So... You know, and, and bear in mind, that is just to my understanding. And even if that's not true, there's nothing wrong with paying your soldiers more. Mm-hmm. You know, so that maybe they don't have to do things that, that, that that's not part of their job in order to make ends meet. Just saying. Uh, uh, so, uh, where was I? Uh, right. They are struggling to come up with an alternative to simply voting up or down on the House measure as required under a never-used Senate procedure to reject a presidential emergency declaration. Lawmakers in both parties believe Trump is inappropriately infringing on Congress's power of the purse. No fucking shit. (laughs) Senators are increasingly uneasy ahead of voting next week because they don't know exactly where the money to build the wall will come from and if it will postpone military projects in their home states. Here's an idea. Trump claims he's so rich and powerful and all that stuff. Why doesn't he pay for it out of his own fucking pocket? That's what he can do. You know, I would rather not have a wall at all. Fuck the wall. But you know what? If he's going to insist on it, he can fucking pay for it. I don't want to have any part of paying for it. And I don't think most people do either. Ah. Yeah. Mike Pence, we all know, is the vice president who calls his wife mother, and I refer to him not so affectionately as Penny Boy, told senators during their meeting a week ago that he would get back to them with an update. But senators said they don't have yet have a response from the administration. It's a concern, said Senator John Cornyn of Texas, Republican, by the way. He said a number of senators have been talking to the White House about other ways the administration could shuffle the money without relying on the authority under the emergency declaration, which is likely to become tied up in litigation, as it should. The pitch is, why have this additional controversy when it can be done in a less controversial way, he said. Apparently, the White House is not persuaded. The Army missed its recruiting goal this year, falling short by about 6,500 soldiers, despite pouring an extra $200 million into bonuses and approving some additional waivers for bad conduct or health issues. Congress also appropriated money to give members of the military incentive to take early retirement, but enrollment in the program is coming in well under expectations. So, you're, it sounds like they're trying to roll out the old blood and bring in fresh meat. Which, okay, that you, you gotta do that every now and then, I guess. Um, this is pay that would have gone to army recruits that we can't recruit, Durbin said. So there's a quote-unquote savings because we can't recruit. The other part was they offered a voluntary change in military pensions, and they overestimated how many people would sign up for it. <sighs> so, as I as I have stated, there it's you know, my, my my I think my position itself is clear. Pay the soldiers that are already there better with that money that could go to Trump's stupid fucking border wall. Cat, uh, you're the fellow military brat here. I want to I want to I want to hear your thoughts. Um, if if they have this surplus of money from not recruiting enough people, how about they start fucking, not just taking care of the active soldiers, but the vets. God fucking forbid they do a goddamn thing about the VA and the 
the problems that have come out over the last, what, 10 years of VA problems? Mm-hmm. Where vets are not being taken care of, veteran suicides are extremely high because uh, they're not getting access to the proper mental health care, and so people with PTSD are just offing themselves all over the place. There is no reason why money that is not going to recruiting new people to give PTSD to couldn't be spent helping the people who already have it. it yeah, it's that's so ridiculous. Yeah, sorry, that, go ahead. <laughs> Money meant um, to help protect our country by recruiting more soldiers, which I, I don't know. I'm not a, I'm not a military expert, but I don't think we need more soldiers. Um, no, I think we're good. I think we're probably good. Um, but we're gonna. The idea of taking that money and giving it to something that does nothing to protect our country, like building a wall, instead of protecting the people who actually protect the country, is ridiculous. It's actually a really good reflection of the current fuckery of the administration, how backwards they are, and how little they understand what anything about real Americans is like. Yeah, just... Uh. And, and you actually brought up a point. I... I totally blanked on the veterans even though my dad is a veteran I mean, he, he was my whole family he, yeah i mean i mean he he's he was a recruit he was an army recruiter so he's the one signing him up to go get the ptsd but he's still a veteran nonetheless and i have other various family members who are also veterans who have been to war zones so yeah you know. my uh, my older brother just got shipped off to kuwait Oh, no. And um, we're kind of like, okay, assuming he comes back, he's going to have problems and we're going to have to, you know, like learn to deal with that. Mm-hmm. And we've never, like, neither of my parents have ever been in, uh, like, combat areas because they're military intelligence people. Yeah. And my brother is not a soldier. <laughs> he's a, he's a CB. Yeah. So he's construction. So that's a person who doesn't really have any business coming out of a place with PTSD, but, you know, shit happens. And if he yeah. comes back mentally unwell because of his experiences there, it would be nice if the military would fucking help him. But they don't. They try. And there's, but, like, the VA has such limited budgets and limited capabilities, and they have so many more patients than they can actually deal with because of all the wars. And... Like, we as a country are failing our veterans time and time again. It's not just, you know, like, you know, the soldiers we have now, but over the course of history, we have continuously failed our veterans. Yeah. And, you know, if we have a surplus budget, build another fucking VA. Give people the help they need. Yeah, exactly. And and if people want to have a good, you know, if people want to have a good also very historical look at how we've treated our veterans over the years look up the vietnam war and the aftermath from that i remember being told stories of soldiers being called baby killers because mm. you know because as 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 it goes the the vietnamese that we were fighting over there they would just they would come up you know just disguise themselves as like parents with like babies or whatever help my baby and the baby would turn out to be a bomb and so for safekeeping you have to shoot the thing to make sure it's not a bomb which is horrifying. Yeah. And that's going to fuck up that fucked up a whole bunch of soldiers. And to have to face that, you know, you know, because it is literally a life or death thing. That is a war zone. And then to come back and be shamed for just doing their job. That mm. that is horrible. 
So, yeah, we have not always treated the soldiers the best. I mean, and and who and I don't even know exactly what people face over, you know, besides potentially getting shot at and blown up in these other war zones that we've been poking our noses into. But, you know, it 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 can't be much worse or much better even. You know, you're having to go over there and kill people who are trying to kill you. I mean, I mean, some people get fucked up just getting into a fist fight, let alone having to go and go over and kill somebody. So, you know, just ugh. Uh, so, uh, Michelle, do you have any thoughts on this? Uh, well, aside from fuck the wall, um, <clears throat> I don't I don't really know a huge amount about our own military, let alone your guys' military. But I will say that um, for my own family, uh, my uncle on my mum's side and a cousin on my dad's side have both served. Mm-hmm. And my uncle was in Northern Ireland during the Troubles. So I've never really spoken to him about it. But um, yeah, that was like a bad time to be active in the area. And he was a chef. Oh, wow. So he, was, he was more or less away from it. And um, I remember one time we were on holiday and he was dog-sitting for us. And apparently the dog ate better than we did because he was talking about doing um, steak mignon or something like really posh food. Um, I... <sighs> And please, I'm always happy to be corrected. As far as I understand it, everything I've ever heard, either pro or anti your military, is basically like the military has more money than any other institute, program, whatever you want to call it, than mm-hmm. anything else. Yeah. So yeah. if there is money that can be redirected, surely, and I know this is probably bordering on meme right now, but Flint still doesn't have drinking water. If you're taking money away from the military outside of building other VA, look at other projects. Look at other civil projects that it could be put toward besides the stupid bloody war that nobody wants. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. If Flint doesn't have drinking water, it's such a good thing to round about to. Every single time we talk about, oh, we want, we've got, you know billions of dollars to throw at this i'm like then why can't we get drinking water in flint it's so fucking ridiculous that people there have to die because Mm. they're riddled with all kinds of medical ailments now from Mm -hmm. the drinking water they can't get away from flint because they don't have the money to move so they're stuck you know queuing up to get fresh fucking water every fucking week and and it would not take that much money by comparison to what the military has to fix the problem, but we keep throwing money at other stuff. It's absolutely ridiculous. It so, is. Yeah, yeah, agreed. If we if we're if we're not going to use the money for vets, can we at least give Flint some drinking water? <laughs> yeah, we give Flint some drinking water. Help. I mean, help people that have been that that have been the victims of natural disasters over the past couple of years. Puerto Rico. Uh, yep. Puerto Rico. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, hell, even even around here, there are families that are still struggling because the government has failed them. Hmm. You know, well, and you know, I, if we found out that Flint had oil, we'd probably be there real quick. Yeah, <laughs> yes, uh, and and even these tornadoes that ripped through Alabama, that which which I want to note, they came pretty close to my county because uh, there was a tornado warning in the county next to me. Not thankfully, not my county, but they came pretty damn close. And and Trump was down, of course, because you know they're 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 from Alabama. They're more they're more Republican there, so of course he's going to play nice and kiss their asses, both metaphorically and physically, if he can. 
So of Ew. course he's going to come on down and he's going to say hello and he's going to sign fucking Bibles. Ah, uh, yeah, I saw that on. I, I didn't look read the whole thing, but I did see someone on Twitter posting that. Like, fuck. Like oh, my, my very first thought about it was does 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 he think he wrote that that book? Does does he not realize <laughs> he didn't? I'm pretty sure he thinks he wrote the Bible, guys. Oh, I'm pretty sure he thinks he's done everything. I'm pretty Ugh. sure he thinks he's done this show, which, <laughs> yeah, Donald Trump will never be on this show Ugh. as him, in and of himself. If there's, any, if there's any Donald Trump voice coming from this show, it's an actor. I guarantee yeah. it. Yeah, it's a clip. Yeah, clip two, if, if I decide <sighs> to put clips in. <laughs> uh, so speaking of really stupid things to be done in... In, in a majority Republican state, we're going to Texas. And South by Southwest um, is a thing that happens. It, it's going, I think it's going on now as we're recording this. Um, but that's not all that's going on. 2019 marks the 80th anniversary of one of the most iconic and beloved superheroes in comic book history. We're talking, of course, about Batman, the Caped okay. Crusader. Created by Bob Kane and Bill Finger, who was introduced in Detective Comics issue number 27 in March 1939. Nearly a century later, Batman and Bruce Wayne are household names with millions of fans worldwide. Warner Brothers and DC Comics are celebrating the milestone anniversary with a year of promotional events, which kick off this weekend at South by Southwest in Austin, Texas. The South by Southwest celebration includes exclusive merchandise, photo ops, and art from local artists. But wait, there's more! So far, it sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. In an unprecedented promotional event on March 15th, beware the Ides of March, more than <laughs> more than 1.5 million, with an M, bats will be released and fly over Austin's Congress Bridge. You read that no. right. Over 1.5 million bats will be released over the city of Austin. Oh, boy. And by the way, that is actually in the article. That is not my editorializing. Um, okay, I've been through Austin uh, too many times uh, driving over the years. And if Congress Bridge is anywhere near the interstate or if it's part of the interstate, I really don't know. Um, then I feel bad for everybody stuck on I-35 at that point because traffic on I-35 sucks already and you assholes are going to release over a million bats over Austin making people stop and wonder what the hell is going on and blind them and crashes and ah! <laughs> Deep breaths. Deep breaths. <sighs> Fucking idiots. <laughs> ah. okay. well, the best part is when the bats are all gonna like, they're gonna try and release them and they're just gonna fuck off in the opposite direction. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that happens. <laughs> and, I, and I hope it's away from major traffic. Just. Yeah. Oh, wow. I want to ask one of my friends because she is a professional, like, I, I don't know what the term is, like mammologist or something. And she actually works regularly with bats. Mm -hmm. Cool. And I want to get her opinion on it and be like, do you think the bats are going to like, what, 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 the, what the fuck? What are they going to do with all these bats? Are the bats mm. just going to like fly off? Are they going to like. Like make a giant bat shape. Like, is, it, <laughs> is is Dracula gonna come out? What's gonna happen with all this million plus bats? I do know one thing, and the article does does note that it would be a best case scenario. A lot of shit's gonna fly. <sighs> 
The best case is lots of shit and not tons of shit. Yeah. <laughs> Just, oh, God. And, and oh, God, we, we, you know, some of, some of us have friends there. I want to I want to poke the brain brain of one of our friends and be like, hey, what do you think about what all these, these bats about to run around Austin? She's probably going to be like, oh, God, no. <laughs> oh, if I, if I were to guess. Just, oh, wow. But there is a hashtag, long live the bat, if you want to follow all the Batman stuff. But, <laughs> but just releasing. No. Why? Why would you do this? Honestly, um, it's probably not as many bats as we think it is. It sounds like a lot, but it's probably not actually that like uh, that huge of a volume mm-hmm. physically. I hope I, so. I have a question. Mm-hmm. I, I have a question. I know in England, um, bats or certain species of bats are a protected species. Is that little thing in Texas? Um, not sure. I don't. <laughs> I don't see a lot of. Okay, I have not seen a lot of bats in Texas as an adult. When I was a kid, I, we lived in Texas for a couple, for about like a year and a half, and in our in the elementary school I went to, sometimes we would see bats just hanging out in the gymnasium, mm. just for the hell. It was like, oh hey, there are bats up there. Okay, just don't come swoop down here. We'll be fine, yeah. you know. And then the class would start, and we would start our the class would start, and we would learn square dances because cool. of because of Texas. <laughs> See, as far as I understand, if you find bats, and probably true of any protected species, you basically have to evac the area and sort of, as much as possible, um, like obviously call whichever authorities you need to call, but then essentially call them off the area and say, look, you can't go in there until the creature has been removed. So if you're saying that you're like leaving the bats be but carrying on with your lessons, it doesn't sound like it's quite the same situation. Yeah. Oh, just... Oh, lordy. <laughs> There's lots of different species of bats and stuff hmm. here, so I don't know how much of a, like, what type of bat they're going to release and if it's an yeah. invasive or if it's an underpopulated species or what. Yeah. I mean, it'd be kind of cool twist if it turns out these, like, rescue bats and this is the way they're releasing them into the wild. Oh, that would be kind of cool, yeah. That would be, yeah. But uh, otherwise, I don't know. Yeah. Just... <laughs> I, I just hope... Which, however many bats it does turn out to be, that they are well treated and that they are left to their own devices once you know, let out, so you know mm-hmm. new colonies can start up. Yeah, I hope they literally take over the entire city. <laughs> <laughs> well, they might I be mean... able to manage the traffic better. That's for sure. <laughs> oh, so we'll go from Texas now over to Florida because, of yeah. course, we do. Um. So Pompano Beach or Pompano Beach. I don't remember how they pronounce it down there. I don't care. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It was a typical Saturday for the Waynes family of Pompano Beach until their five-year-old son crawled into their cooler. Like kids do. I wanted to like... Sorry. Sorry. You're going from a story about bats and bats uh, and Batman and bats Mm -hmm. to a story about the Waynes. Yeah. Uh, sadly, it's not spelled the same. It's W-A-N-E-S, so... But it would be cool if it was spelled the same way. That would be awesome. Uh, uh, so, so okay. I wanted to, like, play hide-and-go-seek, Nicholas Wayne said, but I, like, found, like, a not-good hiding spot, like, inside the, like, cooler. Those last two likes were added by me. Uh, 
Robert and Maria Waynes said they were cleaning up after a day on their boat. They said they emptied and cleaned their 72-quart cooler and left it on their back deck. Their surveillance camera captured Nicholas having some fun on his own after some family members went inside the kitchen. He decided to walk along and hop in the cooler, Robert Wayne said. According to the timestamp on the surveillance video, Nicholas was inside for almost two minutes playing while the top was slightly ajar, resting on the latch. Like you do. Little, 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 you know, it could be a little dangerous, but, you know, parents are not going to be too far away. Okay. But that changed in a second. Nicholas's fingers could be seen through the opening, moving the top and forcing the latch closed. He could not open the top from the inside. Because, obviously, you can't. Um, Really scared, Nicholas said, recalling how he screamed for help. In seconds, the family is seen on video running out to the deck and realizing where Nicholas was. They opened this cooler and scooped Nicholas out. We just grabbed him for dear life, Maria Wayne said. Now, this is all well and good, and I know some of you are wondering, well, why is this on the show? Why, well, you know, why, why is this? It's just kid doing stupid kid thing, getting caught, and parents coming out and comforting him because, you know, kids do stupid things. I was about the same age when we were when we were walking around, like, oh, I want to say it was some, some hardware store or something, and there was, like, some, like, doll, uh, uh, tall, like, cabinets or whatever that, that a kid could, like, hop into and stand in there or whatever. And I hopped into one, and the next thing I know, the thing was kind of – the thing had fallen forward. And trapping the doors closed and trapping me inside. Eh. Naturally, me being a kid, I was scared out of my wits. I stayed far away from them for a while. And I got a really good talking to. See, mm-hmm. that's why you don't do that, son. So, but, but I wish this was how this turned out. The family thinks the cooler has a design flaw. Robert Waynes told the local news he believes it should not be so easy for the cooler to latch. He also believes there should be a way for it to be open from the inside, you know, in case your kid does something stupid. I know we're all supposed to watch our kids and make sure they don't crawl into a cooler, but as we know, it only takes a second to turn the other way, he said. Maria Waynes said her family was lucky. We don't want another family to not hear their child and go through this, she said. Well, okay. Number one, they are going to. You know, kids are curious creatures. That's why you need to keep an eye on them. And yes, accidents do happen. This, in this case, yeah. Takes only a couple of seconds, and that's fine. You know, and and even then, uh, what, what was it? What, what, two minutes the kid was inside the cooler playing, and then all of a sudden latched down or whatever. You know, that, that, that that's a stupid thing, and I, I can't fault them for that alone. Because, again, kids do stupid things. Next time, put your cooler up better, okay? Just... Just do that. I mean, that's hell. That's what we do here. Because and we have coolers big enough for small children to fit in, but we also supplement it by telling those small children, "Hey, don't go in there." It also helps that we don't empty them until after the kids are long gone. <laughs> so that also helps. Uh, but the way it makes it, the way this makes it sound here is they want igloo to to turn and say, "Yeah, let's let's put a thing on the inside in case a kid gets trapped in there." That they can get out. It's like, how about you just keep your kids from doing the thing and keeping a better eye on them? Or putting it in a place where the kid can't do it. There are so many easier things for you to do than to just tell a company to do the thing. That that you really yeah. don't have the, the thing to do. Uh, Michelle, we're going to start with you on this one. What do you think? Um, well, yes. 
We I don't think we ever have coolers that big, so it's not big. I'm like, if there was like a simple toggle that you could, I don't see that being necessarily a big design issue. However, again, parental responsibility. Mm-hmm. You know, have it on a higher step, have it somewhere else, keep it full away so the kid doesn't want to go in there. Yeah. Oh, or have a a simple flip latch that once you know the adult or the um the mature child can like take out the drink or whatever they are taking out the cooler and flip a latch like and I know you have those toilet latches something something like that so a smaller child can't easily open it up. Yeah. However, the one thing I was thinking about as you were reading that is a fun little trivia about um the Back to the Future movie the, the original is in the original development stage. They had the idea, and I don't know how well known this is, for a time-travelling fridge as opposed to the DeLorean. (laughs) The the reason they decided not to, apart from the DeLorean looking cooler, is they were like, oh crap, this film could be popular, especially amongst children who then might want to copy what they see on the film. So as responsible adults, we are not going to make the cool time-travelling machine a fridge. Yeah. And and that's one of those cases where it's like, okay, yeah, you see it from the outset, and you're fine, because kids do stupid things. Hi. Um, where Indiana Jones fits into that scenario later down the line, I'm not sure. I has I haven't actually seen that movie. I've, I'm not, I'm aware of the whole fridge sequence. Yeah. Which is stupid. Yeah. But they were like, this is a film that is aimed at a family audience. Children will watch. Children are a bit monkey see, monkey do. Let's not do the fridge and go for the cool car instead. Because exactly. also, because I think the original um, transcript as well, I think it's actually in the novelization, which I haven't finished reading yet. The idea was that they were going to go to Nevada during one of the tests and nuke up the car during one of the actual atomic explosions, which again might have um, ultimately led into Indiana Jones. So, wow. again, you need something mobile for that. I'm glad they didn't go with that because the clock tower scene is iconic and a much better um, finale. But yeah, uh, they were like, no, fridges are a bad idea. Let's not encourage small children to climb into fridges and pretend to be time travelers. Yeah. <laughs> foresight where foresight is needed. Yeah. So. And, and well done. Well done the Bobs and Steven. Yeah. Cat, uh, how about you? Um, so just for shits and grins, because I had one time watched a TV show where some like child was kidnapped and held in like an old style refri- no, it was a refrigerator, but it had been like um like tied closed so that the kid can the kid couldn't bust out of it. Right. Um so it got me thinking about, okay, you know how much easier it would have been to hold children inside refrigerators a long time ago? So I just Googled it just now while you guys were talking. And they had to pass a Refrigerator Safety Act in 1956 so that refrigerators weren't latched anymore because kids would crawl into them and die. Wow. (laughs) Um, Which, again, my idea for the coolers was a manual latch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it shows you that okay, we do have to be innovative on occasion. Well, it's it's like you said, it's a cooler. Like you know, you just keep an eye on your kids, and you shouldn't have this problem. No, you you really shouldn't. It, it, also, it'd be fine. 
thinking about the design of coolers, and again, I'm going by what I I know, and I don't know vaguely I've got a specific one. Are we talking about an actual cooler with a hinged lid? Because most of the ones I've experienced are just like a, a lid you physically can remove, so you can take the whole thing off. Which theoretically means anyone trapped inside is you know hit it really hard, and then it'll just loose up anyway. Uh, the one in this story is a hinged lid. Um. Right. Because I don't think I've ever seen one with a hinge lid, but again, I don't think I've seen one that big that isn't a fridge or freezer that's yeah been left outside yeah. for that purpose. Yeah, just it, it's one of those hinge lid deals, and uh, it, it's like a mini. It's almost like a mini fridge. So yeah. except you have to put ice in it to keep it cold. Unless you get some of the hundred dollar ones at the truck stops, those you know you just plug into the car. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know I've bought at least two of them. In, over over time, uh, it said it was a seventy-two quart cooler. Yeah, so I feel like I need to Google that to see how big that is. Um, I'm estimating, pro- well, definitely the size of a five-year-old. It's, a, it's big enough for a five-year-old. Seventy-two. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm googling it just to, just to see <laughs> <laughs> because I feel like shit. That's pretty big. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I'm yeah. looking at a, a picture of one, and it's definitely one with like latches and stuff. But I don't know how these latches would just magically close themselves. Well, the article, I, I think, I think I mentioned it when I was reading the article as well. The article does mention that um, that that the kid was also fiddling around and 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 it and it latched on its own. You know, just just from the fiddling around and everything. So, yeah. so it seems but, like it was accidental latching. So. Mm. Yeah, most of these have like two latches, which seems like it would be a little bit harder. Um, but some of them have one latch, so that could be a little bit easier. Yeah. So. Uh, and our our last story for this week. Oh God. Oh, we got to end on this. But you know, I'm the one who put the show together, so that's all my fault. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, what are you complaining about? <laughs> well, we go to Bronxville, New York. The Chapel School in Bronxville called emergency meetings with parents Thursday after a controversial lesson on slavery. Oh boy. Parents tell local news Tuesday during a fifth grade social studies class, African American students were singled out in a mock slave auction. Oh god. I'm getting teary eyed about it because it's like, how could somebody do this to my son? Mother Vernex Harding said. Harding said her son recalled the teacher pulling the African-American students into the hallway to put imaginary chains along our necks and wrists as shackles on our ankles. The African-American students were then brought back into the classroom and their classmates were encouraged to bid on them in a mock auction, the Harding family said. I would hope most of those kids would have been like, what the fuck is wrong with you? That's Timmy. That's little Timmy. I can't do that. Ugh. In an email to the school, the principal called the lesson, lesson rather, racially insensitive and hurtful. The school is now <laughs> investigating. Yeah, no shit. The school is now investigating, and the teacher involved has been removed from the classroom. Attorney General Letitia James sent local news a statement Thursday. The reports of racist lessons by a teacher at the chapel school are deeply troubling. My office is monitoring this, monitoring this matter closely. Uh, Joshua E. Kimmerling, an attorney for the teacher, released the following statement Friday. <clears throat> 
The portrayals of the history lesson that has been reported is inaccurate, out of context, contains false facts, and ignores the overwhelming support of our client from dozens of parents at the school, including several letters of support from African-American parents with children who have been taught by our client, a loving, devoted, and uniformly respected teacher for more than 15 years, the last five of which have been at the chapel school. Sounds like, oh, hey, she can't be racist. She has black friends. <clears throat> our client loves her students and is beloved by them. To the extent anyone took offense to a small portion of the overall lesson that day was used solely to emphasize the tragic injustice of slavery. It certainly was never intended. She looks forward to continuing teaching with the same dedication, sensitivity, and passion that she has always shown. Oh. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah, she, she, she can't have racist intent. Black people like her too, and, and we're sorry you're offended. That's what I got out of it. Basically. Yeah. Just, uh, there are ways to teach slavery to your kids. And, and, and while I personally may not necessarily go for the, uh, 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 the, 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 uh, more interactive version of it, there are better ways to do it. You know, as opposed to like singling out an entire race of, you know, racial portion of your class. You know, if you're going if you're going to do mock slave auctions, which I don't think you should, but if you're going to do it anyway, mix it up. Or how about this? Do it in the reverse, because I'm pretty sure all those African-American students that you singled out for this understand full well the bullshit that went on in their history. They understand it a lot better than your than your fucking white honky kids. <laughs> So, if you're going Mock to do that... slave auction is not a thing that should exist. Exactly. Like, that no. shouldn't even be a thing, and it especially should not be a thing in school. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is one of those things that sounded like it needed one more person just looking at the, the lesson objectively going, no, we should not do that because that would come off as really terrible. Yeah, and lo like and behold, it has one more person to vet it. Just one more person. To yeah, it. yeah. Uh, like I said, yeah, and, I, and I think I think all three of us can agree that this should not be done. Uh, but I I also say if you're going to ignore that advice and do it anyway, reverse the races. Make the white honkies go in the go in the chains. You know. Yeah. You know. So. Uh, uh, I. Uh, my sorry my nephew is um hemiplegic which basically means one half of his body doesn't work as well as the other half um yeah he's he's fine he um he was born with it um which was kind of scary um lots of physiotherapy um i have a sidebar rant on that which i'll I'll come on to in a minute um but as and when he's 11 now right i can't remember it was his first year at um, secondary school which is about 11 to 16 and then you have a couple of years on the end if you want to do advanced thing or go to college it's, our systems are a bit different um but basically i don't know his last year at his junior school or his first year at his senior school but they were doing an awareness assembly this is as my sister was explaining it to me mm-hmm. so they had various kids they called him up and said okay um so you close your eyes and pretend to be blind and so they were doing uh, you know mock exercises i guess sort of demonstrating how difficult it would be for someone with this disability and at one point they did say okay 
now um, you come you come up here and like we need someone to pretend that the um, left side of their body doesn't work properly. And my nephew was like, oh, I can do this. This is my time to shine. And they pulled up another child to demonstrate how it would work. Aww. Now, as my sister was... Ex- no, well, my sister, as she was explaining to me, it was like he didn't understand or maybe it wasn't explained properly to him in the first place or to the rest of the group that it wasn't about him showing how he um, deals with it. It was to let another child experience how difficult it must be for him. Right. But he didn't, he didn't realize it was like, he thought, oh, I can, I can show people what it's like being me. And it's like, no, it's to let other people experience what it must be like to be you. Yeah. And I thought that was, and that's all I could sort of think is, I, I you know, the intent was to be like a raise awareness. Like I said, I, this is coming second, third hand from my sister, but to raise awareness and make the other children realize how difficult it must be for children with different disabilities. But the child with the disabilities didn't understand that was the purpose of the exercise. Yeah. Oh. Oh. So it's like, but yeah, again, um, I there was I think I can't remember if it was Oprah or Sally Jesse, but they did their um one of their big racially awareness um episodes where they put I think it was either blue eyed or brown eyed people they put collars on them mm-hmm. so regardless of what it might it might, it might be blue or green eyed. Because as, and I don't know if this is going to cross the races, as I, in my personal experience, generally speaking, people of colour tend to have brown eyes. Right. So it might be blue or green eyed peoples that they then put collars onto, and those people were treated differently to every other person in the audience. So if you have brown eyes, white or black, you were treated the same. Right. Whereas the people with the collars were then treated completely differently. So there was like a whole episode about that experiment. I don't know if that's it was an old school one. Like I said, I can't remember if it was Oprah or Sally Jesse. So the fact I think it might be Sally Jesse shows how old it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't I don't know if that exists anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was again an interesting thing on, you know, showing the other side of trying yeah. to get people to experience it from a different direction. But as for this school, oh, yeah, no. Yeah, these no. <laughs> these are these are these are kids from the sounds yeah. of like like very young kids. It's like they're they're this, you know. Yeah, you need to learn American history and and how horrible slavery was and still I, is because there are still places that practice slavery even in 2019. I, but and I'm in no way in denial about my country's his, um, part in that history. Mm-hmm. You know, I I just know that I. Like I said, I've worked several different jobs recently, and I work and encounter in people and just see every day in my hometown. Um, where I live is about 20 minutes north of London. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are quite very racially intermixed. I grew up with Asian kids and black kids, and, and any, any, you know, the whole, and it never even occurred to me until I, it beca- I, I became aware of people sort of saying slurs and things. And there are things that I probably said as a kid that I now know not to say. Yeah. Um, but in terms of seeing people of different colours, it was just a thing I grew up with. It's just like, oh, that's that person, that's that person. Yeah. So the idea of having that, you know, needing racial awareness classes or whatever. I remember one Christmas um, pageant, because like the little kids, the, the youngest kids in the school always do the nativity and then going up through the years is whatever the teacher wants to do. And I remember one year we did the Diwali. And yeah. it was fascinating and really cool. I think 
there was an Asian girl in the class who like played the main princess character, but otherwise we, we, everyone was just cast to whatever lines they were given. Yeah. Uh, so with that, that I think that is gonna be it. Unless Cat, you have any extra thoughts on this one you want to throw in real quick? Or? My, my thought is that it, it is one hundred percent possible to teach children the horrors of the past without um, humiliating some of them, without denigrating them, and um, it is possible. You can you can teach kids about acceptance without without um, abusing the children in the process. It is one hundred percent possible to do this. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and. It, if any school wants to come up with fun and interesting activities to teach about our, you know, our history, even the painful stuff, they really need to be a little more sensitive, one, to the fact that these are kids. And whatever you teach them now is going to stick with them. So if you're teaching the children, you know, humiliation, then that's what they're going to take away from it. Yeah. Um, so maybe think twice before you do stuff that is deliberately hurtful even if it's to teach other people a lesson like you have to be careful because these are kids mm -hmm. um but maybe also talk to parents if you're going to do something that is race racially related maybe talk to people yeah. And get an idea of how would you want your kids to learn about this? Or God forbid you ask a fucking professional, you know, <laughs> yeah. just say, okay, what, what shouldn't we do? It, the, you wouldn't have a mock lynching. You shouldn't have a mock slave auction. Yeah. So maybe start with not having a mock slave auction as a really good step towards teaching children about how awful the slave trade was. Yeah. Yeah, basically. <laughs> it it's like having a mock trail of tears. You don't need to do it to understand that it was wrong. You can learn about it without reenacting it to know that it was wrong. Yeah. So maybe don't do that. Find some other things to do. Yeah, that, that was that would be a good trail idea. Trail of tears. That was one of the Native American atrocities, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of the worst. Uh, right. The government basically forced, um, I don't know which tribe, I don't remember, um, or if it was more than one tribe, because we barely learned about it in school, if I'm being perfectly honest. Yeah. We, we spent, like, one class learning about one of the most important tragedies in our country's history. Where... And yet, don't you have separate classes for each type of mathematics? Yes, we literally have a, a whole year of... <laughs> of calculus and a year of geometry yeah and i know my high school we had like two years we had like two years for algebra alone you, I like know algebra. What, you know what's crazy the thing that has always baffled me about learning history in america is um we spend months learning about the greek gods in our history classes and i'm like wow is that irrelevant irrelevant <laughs> like, but also cool <laughs> Yeah, it's cool. It's fun. It teaches you about what's going on in television shows and why we name planets a certain way. Yeah. But it's not super relevant to modern times. And then we gloss over things that are really super relevant, like 
uh, the horrendous atrocities committed on our shores. We don't learn about smallpox blankets. We learn about other things. We glorify the shit out of the Civil War, though. Holy shit. Every war, we just, we spend so much time learning about this battle and that battle, and we don't really learn about the really harsh stuff because we can glorify parts of our history that we think are good. Like we won a war. If we didn't win the war, we don't want to talk about it. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. Just, just a um, little bit there. Oh, yeah. I... Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I, I had that side tangent. Um, that I wanted to get back to. Oh, okay. Quick. Go ahead. Well, no, basically, as I said, my nephew was born um, hemiplegic, obviously the diagnosis took a while. Prior to, I think, even his conception, my sister and her partner were considering for a while um, emigrating to America for, I'm not sure which state they were looking at. But all I can think of now is, like, that would be a pre-existing condition. Like, they got all the help, everything they needed, but he was diagnosed, I think, he was getting looked at before he was one definitely by it was in physiotherapy so as a baby mm-hmm. essentially and i was just thinking how much would that have cost them how much more heartbreak or stress would that have been had they emigrated oh god it's really <laughs> bad here not gonna lie yeah <clears throat> real bad yeah oh. i also had the anti- anti-vaxxer rant but i don't know if there's any different okay i do there is a whole rant thing that I, uh, I don't know if it's anything you, you've said, but there is something that I've been thinking about recently. Mm-hmm. And again, I am happy to be wrong. I am happy to be corrected. I'm just doing random shit. However, it seems to me in my somewhat limited observations that the people that are anti-vax are also the people that are so-called pro-choice. Or pro-life, sorry. Yeah. Pro-lifers are also anti-vaxxers, which really doesn't sit right in my head so have the baby don't don't protect it yeah there's a there's a lot of the community of anti-vax community that are also super liberal so it's very strange um Mm. because they're very much about like my personal freedoms and Mm. and wanting to do things holistically and that's almost sort of like a hippie concept except it's like modern people yeah i i did a holistic therapies class at college um and the Swedish massage, like the deep tissue massage and like the Indian head massage, I got a lot out of because the way the class was set up, you learnt on each other. So we all got to practice on one another and we all got to felt, feel what it was like. Right. So for, in terms of Swedish and Indian head, you feel your muscles relaxing. You feel you know, the tension coming out of your head. The rest of the class, the other courses, it was four part course. Well, well, technically five parts. The other two parts were aromatherapy and reflexology which i got nothing out of and then the fifth part was anatomy and physiology so we literally learned about muscles and muscle groups which obviously makes sense hmm. so i always have a weird thing when people sort of mention holistics because having studied it aromatherapy did the main reason aromatherapy didn't work for me not only because i don't i i still have some of the oils and maybe the smells can help if they put you in a certain mindset okay fair enough smells can do that but the problem I had with aromatherapy was the massage itself was too light. I, if I'm having a massage, I want to feel it. I want I want to feel those knots coming undone. There you go. So, yeah, um, when, when it comes to... So with holistics, generally speaking, I tend to be a bit more... Not 
like I said, if if they are literally only saying, oh, you must use essential oils for everything, I'm like, no, that's not how it works. Um, <laughs> but when it comes to other stuff, which for me, that's why the course title was Holistic Therapy. So I kind of like, you mean like the, the, the woo stuff or the actual good? Because, you know, one of the courses I was looking at to going forward from the um, holistics, if I'd continued with it, would have been looking at sports therapy massage. Hmm. Which obviously there is benefits to that. Yeah. So yeah. When people say holistics, I'm like, oh, which part of holistics? Because that's the way the course title was umbrellaed. But yeah, when it comes to um, uh, aromatherapy stuff, yeah, okay, fair enough. Essential oil stuff. Yeah. If you are, there are some like um, out the the witch the witch hazel and some other stuff that can help as an alternative if you don't want. A painkiller, fair enough. But if you're still taking proper medical advice, and like cod liver oil is an old one supposed to be good for you for certain things. But again, with medical advice, with any other thing. So if you have a specific, I don't know, specific arthritis um, medicines, but if you're like, have one arthritis, arthritis medicine, and hey, this is not, the cod liver oil is not going to hurt you, then fair enough. But if you're just saying cod liver oil and not taking any other advice, that may not necessarily be best. Yeah. Uh, so with with all that said, we gotta get out of here for this week. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I told you I can ramble. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. It's okay. That ha- ha- oh, have you listened to this show? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, so uh, all right. So we'll we're gonna get out of here. Cat, if we wanted wanted to find you on the internet, where could we find you? You can find me on the social medias on Twitter at LabyrinthCat and Facebook.com slash NerdistCat. And if you want to listen to my other shows, we just started our new season or for the new year of Nerd to the Third Power with our new special guest, Mike the Birdman Dodd. He's going to be a regular co-host with us from now on, so it's super exciting. Um, and you can always, as usual, find me on uh, with Josh Hadley on What the Fuck over on 1201beyond.com. Sweet! Uh, and Michelle, where could we find you on the social medias? Um, sorry, the, is that the Birdman who does the um, this Cinema Sinter response? Oh, no, yep. is, he, is he the same guy who does the Cinema Sinter response videos? Or is that sure. someone else? I don't know. It's Mike the Birdman Dodd, and he's on This Week in Geek, and I don't know. He's my friend, it could and be I don't a, know what he does. <laughs> it could be a different Birdman. Yeah, it could be. Either way. Yeah. So, yeah, um, I am on um, Twitter, at Phoenix11. And my YouTube channel is also Phoenix Eleven, and they are both spelled P H E O N I X one one. Because when I originally wrote my email way back when, I switched the E and the O around, and I like it that way because it's Phoenix. That's that's how you say it. <laughs> <laughs> and you can find me on the social medias on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, where I post a whole bunch of mostly Pokemon stuff. At Gomer Two One Double X. It's also if you want to do the URL thing, go to YouTube Gomer Two One Double X. Although I think YouTube's URL has finally switched over to that whole bunch of jumbling letters or whatever. But if you just mm. look up my, if you just look up Gomer the Ranting Thespian, you'll find me. Um, or you can make it easier on yourself. Go to rtgomer.com where my stuff goes up as well as a bunch of other people's stuff. It is is good. Um, if you're a regular watcher of RDA, you already know that site exists because, well, <laughs> um, uh, you can find me on Facebook at Gomer the Ranting Thespian. I do have another show that it's a there was a there is gonna be another one another episode of this this week. It's a bi-weekly podcast called The Junk Drawer, a fan, 
a frank discussion on, on sex. Uh, the newest episode is going to be a little later this week because when we sat down to record, uh, Violet's computer decided to say, fuck you, and we're, we're just going to have to try and finish recording later this week. But rest assured, it will it will come out hopefully before the next thespian talk. <laughs> that, that should be a thing that comes out. And, and, and I'll give you guys a little bit of a preview. I, I made... I made Steve nope out after only the second episode. <laughs> uh, so that'll, that'll give you something to look forward to. Uh, that so far has been sticking just to anchor. I'm, I'm waiting on, on trying to get a title card for it and everything before I start putting it at other places. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, you can find this show on anchor under RTG. I believe it is RTG uh, podcast network or whatever i think i called it um if you're listening to it if you're listening to it on the audio feed you know where it, you know where it is uh but um but yeah or if you want to find thespian talk on youtube just look up thespian talk on youtube uh we do have a discord for thespian talk if you want to come in share news stories talk about things i actually i just recently set up a bot for the thespian talk servers so whenever these episodes go up on the youtube they should automatically cross post to it i'm beginning to wonder about this bot because i have a similar one for my own personal discord that's supposed to also post youtube videos from my main account that hadn't done so yet um but but who knows um anyway all that stuff will be if not in the show notes for the audio versions definitely in the show notes for the video and the site versions as well so uh there's all of that, and I believe that'll do it. So until next time, this is Gomer, the Ranting Thespian, with the cat and Michelle, signing off. Bye.